Hi, welcome to this week's Fighting Words podcast. Donovan here, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I am joined today by special guest Uzir Tapa. Hi. Say hello. Hi. Yeah, and we'll we'll share a little bit more about. Uh, uh, we'll get to know you a little bit and and uh, to know about your story. And uh, Uzir, I met a few. Well, I met you, I think, in the summer. Yep. You visited the mm-hmm. church service with Joe, and um, and then we've stayed in touch a little bit. So um, excited to have you on today. Uh, before we get rolling, Uzir Tapa. That's yeah. an interesting name. You don't get a lot of that. Yeah. What's the background to that name? So I'm asking you questions I know the answer to. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> For the audience. All right. So um, my name came from my great-great-great-grandfather. His name was Ujir with a J. And okay. so my mom, my mom changed the J to a Z, and that's how I got my name. Okay. Because uh, also, you have to know three generations of your uh, grandfather and then your great-grandfather as well. So it was just easier for me to remember. What do you mean you have to know them? You have to know the names? Yep, you have to know their names so that uh, for like paperwork oh. in Nepal. Oh. So then they made it easier for me to remember his name. Okay. So you kind of snuck it in there. You mentioned Nepal. That's where you're from. Yep. So your name is there is Uzir kind of a made up name then? You don't ever meet anyone named Uzir? I've not met anybody else named Uzir. But, but you've met people named Ujir. I have not either. No. Okay, nope. so all the names are made up. I don't know if it's yeah. made up, but it's like it it's comes rare. from Sanskrit. Yeah, it's very rare. Sanskrit. Yep. Okay, and do you so does your name have a meaning? Probably not if it's kind of made up. It, or, is, it does have meaning. It does, Uzir. Yep. What does it mean? It means brave. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. You are brave? I've I would like to think so. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to test that today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, let's change your name by the time the podcast is over. <laughs> okay. What about tapa? Does that have a meaning? I do not know the meaning of that, but... Uh, what if it meant coward? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, would be ironic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're both true. Okay. Cool. So you're from Nepal and uh, spent some time in India and we'll... We'll get into that because I want to talk about. Well, that's just fascinating. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know another part of the world. I've I've been there little, very little bit, and uh, now you live in in the middle of Western civilization in America. And I'd love yep. to hear your, some of your perspective on how that has been for you, um, and just also get into just what you believe about reality, religion, philosophy, all that stuff. Things you like to read. What what your life is about. So let's just dig in and get to know Zero a little bit. Um, Prior, just before we started re- recording here, you you'd mentioned and you had mentioned before that you do some music recording yourself. Yep, um, a little not, bit. Yeah, not that I'm doing music recording, but we're both doing recording here. And so you make some music, you play some piano, you play some guitar, you say, and then uh, you you do some production. Do you, so do you mix like electronic beats in with that, or how's that work? Yeah, so uh, I use uh, the Logic Pro X to create the instruments and. I just use those instruments and put them together yeah. and mix them in different tracks. Okay, so here's the question. If you were at a party and someone started playing your stuff, would it get the party started? Would it get the party started? I don't think so. It's more, it's <laughs> it's more, more chill? A, yeah, it's more chill. Okay, chill well, it depends music. on your idea of a party, right? Yeah. If everyone yeah. just chills and listens right. and bees nice. Yep. Okay, um, I want to I want to listen to a little bit of it. Okay. What, how do I find you? You said SoundCloud? Yeah, I think SoundCloud should be the best one. Do you put stuff on Spotify? I do not. Okay. Yeah. All right. So SoundCloud, what do I search? Uh, Uzir. Uzir. I think if you search Uzir, 
it should come up. Shouldn't be too many of these. No. <laughs> oh, there's other Uziers. Okay. Yes, I've seen some other Uziers on Facebook, but I don't know any of them. Well, let me just go to SoundCloud.com here. Yeah. So what got you into this kind of stuff? Well, my family was always into music, and they always had music in the house, and my mom was a singer. My dad used to play the bass in, a, in another band. My dad also plays the guitar. My mom also plays the piano. And my grandma... No, oh, it just says Uzir. Yeah. 14 tracks? I don't know. If you tap on it. Man, does, this might be... Does it say jellyfish? Uh, no. Nope. Oh, can I not... search Uzir jellyfish? Sure. Okay. So music runs in the family. Yep. Your dad was your dad. You told me this before. I mean, they they were literally in the business. They were um, traveling around doing music and. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's how they met. So, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe you're thinking if you play some music, you can meet a girl. That's me. So that says Uzi. Yes. That's that's, that's a me. different. That's a very, <laughs> that's a di- that's your stage name. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very gangster. Really? Why? You don't know what an Uzi is. Oh, like the gun? Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's yeah. You know, <laughs> in a, historically, gu- rappers have named themselves after guns. Like, like Lil Uzi. Tech, no, yeah, Lil Uzi. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's you. But yours is spelled different. Yours is... Uh, double O. Double yeah. O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, let's see here what we got. It's already playing. Is there vocals? Are you no going to start vocals. rapping? There's no, no vocals on But right. you can rap if you want on uh, top of this. We'll see. If I like the beat, we might. <laughs> no, that'd be embarrassing. No sampling of this stuff's all original. This is all original. Oh, I like that. Come on. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna start rapping now. Nobody wants to hear their pastor rap live on a podcast. But I do like that. That is chill. Oh. I'm gonna play that in my car. I have some subs in my car, so I can really hear the bass. Uh All right. So does that change? Does there is there a change coming? Yeah. Okay, here, let's listen through it. Here we go, let's go. man i like that i like that beat did you write that beat or did you was that a loop that already existed no i made that yeah yeah no that's good i like that that kick pattern that's smooth well good man so do you you, yeah (laughs) do you expect uh or desire to have like to collaborate with other musicians and do things together and bring like vocalists in and that kind of thing yeah i've tried before but i've always like um like there's i've tried in college before 
but people never practice. You know, like I send them my stuff and maybe I just didn't meet the right people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so they they like the beat. I send them my stuff, but they never send me anything back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a few people reach out to me and then we did a few things. So there's one on my YouTube channel where we we did uh, Neon Lights by Demi Lovato. And she's a singer in uh, New York right now. She's also from Nepal and she made a CD and she had a few sales. And it was really nice. And she still sings now. So you did like a cover of that song, like a remake, remix type thing? Yep, a okay. remake. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And yep. we tried to do another one again, but she just she was too busy. And then I was I, I made the track and then it just never happened again. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, well, maybe just meet the right person. That's right. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a, yeah. Have you met Luke Palandek? Uh, the drummer? Uh, that's Luke Long. Luke Long. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, Luke is uh, one of our members, and he's he knows some people around town. I forget what it's called, but he's involved okay. with a, a, a. There's like an open mic thing uh-huh. that they do at Groundswell, where uh, different artists exchange ideas and collab and things like that. So oh, wow. maybe I'll connect you with him. Who knows? Okay, sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so you are out of college. You've been in the workforce for a few years, and you do programming app development type stuff yes for kirkwood right yep and um and you are here on what type of visa so i was on a f1 visa student visa and then i got on the opt which is the optional practical training where you can work for a year and now i'm on h1b what does that mean that sounds like a sickness like an illness you know the h1b yeah i'm sorry you you have the H-1B. <laughs> uh, sorry to be the one the, to tell you this. It's it's the work visa for the U.S. for other countries to come. And how long is that good yeah. for? It's good for three years, and then you can get an extension okay. from the company for another three. Right. Yeah. But obviously, you are you would like to stay here, I believe. I've talked to you in the past. You're not trying to go back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So... So, okay, so you let, let's let's go background here a little bit. You you grew up in Nepal yes. and India because you were schooling in India, really. Yes. So where would you say you spent more time? I spent so till thirteen, I was in Nepal. Okay, and then till eighteen, I was in India. All so, right. but then going back and forth, sure. Nepal, India, Nepal, India. But most of my time was in India there. When your formative time, really, when you were a teenager and. Kind of making friends and de- determining what you believe and how that's really yep. happening while you're at school in India. Yep, that is true. Okay, so Nepal, for those of you who don't know, it's on the northern border of India. You've got the, the Himalayan mountains there serve as the, the natural border. And when we go to India with our um, you know church teams and all that and go visit our partners out there, that's right up against, uh, that's where we are in that five-state region, right up against uh, the mountains there. If you could get over those mountains, you'd be in Nepal. Um, have you yeah. have you been like do you mountain climb? I did. Um, so my dad actually told me when you go to the U.S., a lot of people ask you, right? Have you been to Mount Everest? Right. Because you'll say people won't know where Nepal is from, and you'll have to say, oh, do you know where Mount Everest is? And a lot of people will know where Mount Everest is, and so people will ask you, have you been there? Right. And so I, my dad, like pretty much put me on this trip to go to Everest Base Camp. Okay. And so I went with some of my friends, and we had a really good time. And so I can say I've touched Everest. Yes. Not been to the top, but I've okay. touched Everest. What do they call that? I mean, that's an English name, so that's interesting. You know, if you, where's Mount Everest? It's in the Himalayas. Yep. Which is in between uh, India and Nepal. Now, my guess it was, you know, it's named that. It has something to do with the history of colonialism and the Westerners yes. being over there. Yep. What do they call that mountain in, in Nepal? Do they say Mount Everest? 
Well, a lot of, now a lot of people do, but it's actually called uh, Sagarmata. Okay. Yeah, and I I don't know the origins. Of I mean, that. that almost sounds like it says Sacred Mountain. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> a whole different. I'm sure that's not a Latin-based language, uh-huh. Sanskrit or Nepali yep. or. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what Sanskrit is. So Sanskrit is the. It's like this really old old language, but our language comes out from Sanskrit, okay. just like how Arabic comes from Sanskrit, Hindi comes from Sanskrit, all these different languages. Okay. Like, that's the root that's of the root. their language. So kind of like a old Roman or Greek has influenced yes. a lot of Western... Um, okay, so... Oh, where was I? Okay, you're in Nepal. Mm-hmm. I totally lost track of thought. <laughs> well, like... Nepal. Your name's Sanskrit... Um, okay, so, oh, Nepal, the name of the mountain. Yep. Say that again. Sagarmata. Yeah, sacred mountain. There it is, folks. <laughs> Say it just like it sounds. I speak Sanskrit perfectly. <laughs> um, but, but now you're saying more people call it Mount Everest. Yes. Okay, so you went to base camp. Did you climb at all? Uh, climb as in? Like go up, head up the mountain. No, we did not. No. Because it's, it's, it's a lot more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I read the book, Into Thin Air. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's a good book. Did you yes. read that? I've read some of it. Yeah, so John Krakauer wrote that, and then they made a movie out of that called Everest. Yes, I've watched that movie. And it's unbelievable that people do that with their lives. Like, yep. they, there's a there's some courage <laughs> or, <Yeah. laughs> or foolishness. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just asked, watched it. Go ahead. I had asked my dad, like, what did you think of the movie? <clears throat> and he said, it was exactly how it could happen. Mm-hmm. So there was not nothing too exaggerated. There's nothing like less exaggerated. Yeah. So it just it was, is brutal. Yeah, it just is like that. I just watched a. There's a documentary on Disney Plus called uh, "Free Solo," uh-huh. and uh, it's about a guy. Uh, well, so do you know what free solo climbing is? Like without a rope. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I think free climbing is used. I don't know exactly. There's some technical terms, but basically. This guy has no rope, and he's by himself, you know, and he's just climbing up the uh, the face of El Capitan, which is, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. this big sheer mountain, uh-huh. and it took four hours, you know, oh, man. and it's, I don't know, several thousand feet high, and he has no rope. and uh, that's, that's crazy. It is crazy, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what drives this guy? And, um, anyways, okay, so Mount Everest, there's that. All right, so you spent some time in, in India at a... Uh, you went there for school. Yep. And uh, I talked to you about that. You loved it. You loved being away at school. Oh, yeah. It was like like college life when you're 14. Yep. It was it was amazing. Like, the best part was that you were always with your friends. And also the worst part was that you were always with your friends. Yeah. Because you were sleeping with them in the same quarters. So you would have four people to a room uh, when you are younger. And then the older, the older grades, you would have maybe lesser people lesser people so three or two and yeah i've just enjoyed hanging out with them we would like i wouldn't watch tv at all because we would always be either chatting or playing outside playing soccer or basketball now were these students from or were they mostly indian a lot of people were indian but uh, a lot of them were also korean and some people from korea sending their kids to boarding schools in india yes because it was cheaper and also, they would learn English better because they would have to speak English. I'm gonna send my kids there. Yeah, you could. see you later. <laughs> I th- I think it was, it's a great experience f- for them to be away from home, and that way they make a deeper connection with 
some other people and they understand more of the culture yeah. as well. And it's just a good time. So do they not have those in Nepal? They have boarding schools there? They do have boarding schools, but most of them are military. And oh. my mom didn't want me to go to military school because mm. they, they hit you there. Oh. Yeah. So my mom doesn't like that. Well, that's a pretty base decision. Uh, do you hit children? Yes, we hit children here. Okay, I'll take my kids somewhere else. Thanks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's literally how it goes. <laughs> wow. Well, some people want their kids hit. Yes. You know, this kid's yeah. out of control. He needs hit. He needs someone <laughs> to smack him around a bit. Yeah, like Trevor Noah. Like, I watched Trevor Noah, and uh, in his book, in uh, Born a Crime, he talks about him getting beatings from his mom. And mm -hmm. that's how it shaped him to be more of a man. Yeah, you know? that's why I beat my kids and my daughters. <laughs> I don't want to discriminate them. I want my daughters to become more of a man. So I, so I beat them. And uh, my wife, it's too late. I don't beat her. But the kids, there's still hope for them. Okay. <laughs> well, isn't that crazy? That's one of those things that you, re you recognize the um, benefit that comes from adversity like I can look back on my life and see how trial has shaped me and give, you know strengthened me in ways, but but then you you don't necessarily say okay I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do that I'm gonna beat my kids right. so that they can uh, so anyway adversity the way I look at that is uh, my role is to I mean I want to give them challenges but not abusive adversity right mm -hmm. uh, my my role is to provide them with the best I can to. You know, to strengthen the challenge, to encourage, to provide a place of security, and and uh, the world will bring enough trouble. Right. You know, I don't need to bring that. Exactly. There will be. Yeah. It'll come. And uh, so, give them a place of rootedness and strength and love where they can then deal with that stuff. Right. That's also probably why my mom sent me to a place where they don't hit you, so that you understand that violence isn't everything. You know, violence. Mm -hmm. Violence doesn't solve that stuff. The the, the wrongdoing. Yeah. It's more of how your mindset is set. Okay, so you're in uh, at this boarding school and uh, you're learning English. Now, is that because uh, you know? Does the, do you know to what extent that's influenced by the the history of British colonization in India? Like, did are these were these schools started by Brit the Brits or or they just local you know Indian schools where they happen to see the value of English? I think a lot of the English came because of the British, I think. That's why a lot of Indian people now speak English. Yeah. And the school the school that I went to was an American board school. So it was... Oh, it's an American school. Yes. I, I don't know if it was American school, but it was a an American board school. So okay, tell me American, what that means. Oh. So they had the... Like just how you would have middle school and high school. Okay. We had the same thing there. Okay. And... We would have the we would do the IGCSE till grade ten, and then we would switch over to AP. So we would do AP classes as well. Okay. And so it was based on the on the American system, is what yes. you mean by that? Like, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. But then till I till grade ten, we did uh, IGCSE, which is the British version of, uh, I guess, till tenth grade. Yeah. Okay. Good. So now. Again, we could talk about your life story forever. I'm going to move quickly here and transition you. Eventually, you come to the U.S., you're a student. Uh, you did all your studies at, uh, at Coe College? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. How did you pick that college? I mean, this tiny little college in the middle of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And had this been your first time in the U.S. when you came to school? Yep, this okay. is the first time. How did you pick Coe College? So, 
It's a, it's a really funny story, actually. So when I did my SATs, I had one free score I could give out. I had one free score left after I chose the four that you could give out for free. And then I said, okay, I have one more score left. My sister came over and told me, why don't you send it to Coe College and apply there? And I, was, I, I asked her, what's Coe College? And she said, oh, one of your cousins applied there and you should also apply there, but he didn't go there. So just apply, it's a good school. And I said, okay, so I sent it. And then after a few months, I got a few letters back saying, hey, you got in, hey, you got like, you didn't get uh, accepted. And then, so now I had to choose the different colleges that I needed to go, that I wanted to go to. And so I didn't know what to choose. So then we go to this guy called Guruji. He's an astrologer who looks at your star chart. Okay. And tells you what is the best route for you. All right. And how he does it is that he looks at your star chart and does the math where it's all based on when you were born, what time you were born, and how the stars were aligned at that time. So with that, he can tell you about your past and the different paths your future can take. Okay. And so he had given points according to where what's the best schools that I would go to and I would be happy. So the higher the points, the better the school, the the more happy I would be in the future. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that, uh, that certainly changes the subject there a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so, okay. well, first of all, do you feel like it, it was right? Like, yeah, it worked out, man. This is where I needed to be. And well, you don't know the other choices, though. Right? Because you didn't take that oh, path. Right? That's right. So I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Maybe you would have went to another college. Somebody would have beat you. You exactly. would have become a stronger man. <laughs> now be, you stand before me or sit before me a weak, weak man. I don't know about Because that. nobody beat you. Don't worry. There's still time. <laughs> There's still hope for you. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. All right. So, well, it's, oh, man. I, I want to get into the metaphysical stuff and yeah, maybe we'll get back to, well, babe, let me, let, maybe we cover this quickly. So do you like living in the U S yeah, I, like I you don't want to go back. Uh, I like to go back for a visit, Yeah, but I don't know if I want to stay. Well, you know, a lot of talk out there in, in politics now and in just social media is, you know, how the U S is just like this racist white controlled, like how do you feel living in such a racist, hateful you know, oppressive country, like, why would you choose to come to such a racist, oppressive place? I don't, that just sounds <laughs> a little, a little extreme. Does but, it? Um, yeah, when, that's how, that's how we thought it was in the beginning, because we would watch movies and we would see the news and all of that. But when we were, we came through Newark, or Newark, yeah. right? Um, and over there, yeah, people were not very kind, they were not nice at the airport, but then when we reached the Midwest, everybody's, everybody's so nice to you. Wait a minute, I thought the Midwest was the racists and the That's big cities were the... Exactly what I oh. thought too. But then when we came to the Midwest, everybody's smiling at you and... They're just setting you up, man. I know. They're tricking you. You know, it feels like Get Out, the movie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, some of that was just you're at the airport, man, and these people are just working busy and they, just, yeah. they don't care. Like, I think so. Um, but there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, there's also the city culture, you know, east, big cities and just everyone doing their thing. And mm-hmm. 
All right. So so you like you like it here, you feel accepted. Now to some extent it has to there has to be some challenges to living outside of your culture. Like you grew up in this majority Asian culture and right. and now you're in a majority, you know, Caucasian culture, white culture, Western European culture. Mm-hmm. Uh do you other challenges to that for yeah. you? Yeah, somewhat. Uh like some of the cultures don't match, like where we believe the the body is sacred and so you're from your head to your toe, it's like clean cleanest is on your head and the dirtiest is on your feet. And in Nepal we don't put our feet on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know in movies Or show the bottom of your feet, right? That's right. Kinda... You don't show the soles of your feet. And so you know and when we enter the house you take off your shoes. We don't step on the carpet with our shoes. Right, right. Over here it's okay. And so does that make you look down on people and judge them? Like you dirty. What's wrong no, with you? It doesn't dirty? make me look down. <laughs> it's more of um, I just don't feel right doing it. You know, it's like mm. your carpet is getting dirty with the stuff I walked in with. You know. Yeah. Well, part of that. So absolutely, we do that here, and especially with kids, you gotta we, we try not to have shoes on the carpet. But I think especially if you live. Uh, uh, in India, or you you go to India and Nepal, it's just not a sanitary. Right, like you're literally true. walking. Or it depends on where you are. Like yeah. your walk, there's open gutters on the street, and it's yep. not just hey, your shoes are a little dirty, but there's human waste mm-hmm. on your shoes. Right. I you guess know? that's also the reason why we take off our shoes when we enter anyone's anyone's house. Right. Well, that's part of yeah. It's right. all intertwined. I mean, mm-hmm. so the reason that why would we think the feet are dirty mm-hmm. and the head is sacred? <laughs> well, some of that is shaped by our culture, and then we, we attach these kind of religious symbols to them. And mm-hmm. It's also like how I think my mom always tells me, don't cut your nails at night because it's not good. And that was the reason because they didn't have light before. And so they would tell their kids, like, don't cut your nails at night because it's bad luck. Because So they're using, the uh, it sounds like to some extent what's happened is, is we humans can t- tend to use spiritual... Um, narrative to reinforce healthy behaviors right it's almost like a fairy tale yeah i think so you know like don't go out in the woods alone the big bad wolf will eat you like yeah you know is yeah, that true is. well something will happen maybe right yeah some something like that yeah um something will come along and beat you and make a man of you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not letting that theme go oh, man, man. This is, <laughs> should not have said that <laughs> I, I have a i'm have a conference where i just you know it's it's like a a, a character development conference and and we just beat everybody <laughs> We'll like Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, we won't tell them ahead of time, though. They're just, but they'll thank us later. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, overall, though, do you feel like you're? How do you have you navigated Western culture and like built relationships? Like, do you feel integrated or do you feel isolated? Or I'd like to think I've integrated well, but there's always more you can do, and you can always network with more people and. Have more friends, yeah, yeah. But it's always it's all about those deeper connections. I think. Yeah, good. All right, so let's get back a minute here to uh, your acceptance to Co College and mm-hmm. the, how astrology played a role in that. So let's define astrology. Okay, can you define it? Do you know what it is? I don't know exactly. I just know we go to this guy who reads our star chart, and he comes back with. Uh, with a sheet, it's called a china in Nepal. So the star chart calls it china, and he can read it by doing math and seeing where the different stars are aligned. Yeah. And yeah. It's okay. So, 
So there's astronomy, yep. which is a science. It's yep. the study of the stars, the astros, right? And mm-hmm. The universe, you know, uh, suns, stars, planets, galaxies, all that stuff. That's astronomy. And then there's astrology, which is, now here's the, the, the Google definition. It's the study of the movements, movements and relative positions of celestial bodies, so that's stars and planets, moons, interpreted as having an influence on human affairs. So there's the key. Astronomy just studies the celestial bodies. Astrology interprets these things as having an influence on human affairs in the natural world. Right? So that's where it gets like this religious or spiritual mystical meaning to it mm-hmm. now you say we go to an astrologist this is something you do regularly yeah i mean whenever we have a question about what's what the future holds we go to him okay um who's we me and my family okay yep and where's this guy at is he in the yellow pages well, the, you know what yellow pages are? I just made yeah. like an old, old reference. Those things don't exist anymore. <laughs> we actually had yellow pages in Nepal too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, oh, man, that was a thing of the past, huh? Yeah. So this, I mean, we would find Is he out on Google from, Business? I don't I don't think he does that on Google Business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we would find, we, our my aunt would find these people because she's very connected with the neighborhood and she knows a lot of people. Are you talking about in Nepal? Yes. But you've done this. So this, when you went to this astrologist, oh, okay, yes, you were still in Nepal because you were, okay, so is that a practice that has continued here for you? Uh, Over here, I've not met. Is that because you haven't had any big questions about the future? I've had questions, but, so our guy in Nepal, he's, he's MIA. I don't know where he is exactly, but I think my dad still goes to him somehow and finds him somehow, but... Usually, he, he can also find you if he needs to. Okay. If he needs to tell you something. Okay. So so that whole idea then of ast- astrology, mm-hmm. is that something that you would say is, you you just believe or whatever, it's worth a shot? Or what do, you th- what, what do you think of that? How do you think through that? I like to think of it as, uh, if you watch the Adjustment Bureau. No. So it's about this movie where it tells you your life is already set and okay. everything's already written out, mm-hmm. but you have different paths that you can take. And he just tells you which path is best for you. So so it's already written out, but you have different paths, but that seems right. like but, contrast. But yep. you, he helps you choose the path, but it was the path that you would have taken anyway? Is that the... It's not the path that you would have taken, but... I, he's like a guide, okay. you could say. All right. You know, um, where, and then the in the adjustment bureau, they have people who are pushing you to the right place. Okay. So. Oh, that sounds uh, terrible. Now the adjustment bureau, sound, now, now the meaning is coming in. Right. So they adjust yeah. the sit, your situation so that it's best for you. Okay. So he's like a guide who puts you on the path. So the power now, so so the, what the claim here is that this guy can read the stars, but the, really the claim is that there is a connection uh, of meaning and purpose bet- in the movements of stars and planets. Yes. So do you believe that? Yes. Okay. How did, how did you come to believe that? Um, I think it's, 
I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that the stars do affect how we act. Okay. Is that a common thing where you grew up? Um, I think so, yes. Okay, so let's back up here. So Mm -hmm. what's the the major religion in India is uh, Hinduism. Yes. And then there's some Muslim. There's a lot of stuff going on there, but Mm -hmm. mostly it's Hinduism. And then in Nepal would be Buddhism? It's Hinduism as well. Hinduism as well? Yep. Okay, so you're in Nepal, which is, you know, growing up in, in it's a majority Hindu country, but that's not what your family practices. We practice a mix of Hinduism and Buddhism together. And astrology? Yes. Or is astrology part of Buddhism? I don't think so. Okay, so it's really just a mix of things. Right. Okay, so what does it mean when you say, I get a little bit of the astrology thing, you mm-hmm. practice that a, a little bit. What do you mean you practice Hinduism? Hinduism. How does that show up in your life? We go to the temple and we give an offering and we pray to the different Hindu gods like Ganesh. Okay. And uh, Lakshmi for wealth and yeah, education, wisdom. Okay. So that's how Hinduism plays a part. Okay. And then... What if you don't bring an offering? Uh... You, we usually do. But what if you don't? Why do you do it? Why? What, what happens if you don't? Like, does that? I don't know what happens. Why if do you, you bring it? What's <laughs> the purpose of the offering? So the more you give, the more you get. That's how. So it's basically like going to Target. Target? Yeah, how? you're buying stuff. You're buying. Yep, you're kind of like buying stuff. So yeah. the <laughs> gods, the gods are like uh, cashiers. Yes, for good, <laughs> well, for really good health, more, good wealth, and whatever they provide. Yes, mostly they're like the uh, CEOs at the top. Um, collecting uh, the the god, the main god is the CEO, and then when you go to their their temple, they're they're the associates, right? The avatars. The, yes. Uh, who's the main god? Is that Brahman? I do not. There, we don't have a main main in god. Hinduism. Yes, because we have multiple gods. Yeah, like millions. Yes, uh, 100, 350 million or something. I think. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay, so you bring the offerings. What is that? What? How do the gods benefit from the offerings? Like, what do they? What that, do they need? That's a great question. Um, I don't know what they need, but they, okay, it's it's a practice we have where you give the offering, and then in the temple, there's a lot of homeless people. Okay, so I think it helps them take the offering, and it helps them to provide. For themselves, and also keep the kind of supporting the priest class, yes, to some extent. Like, okay, kind of like when offerings at church. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not mailing it to God. God doesn't need our money. Yeah, it keeps the place maintained. Okay, right. All right. So, and then you have Buddhism is part of that too. Like, right? How does that? How is that manifested in your life? So, Buddhism came out of Hinduism. Yeah, and so. I believe that Buddha was more of a teacher than a god. And so he he helps you get through life. I feel that he told you, live your life and be happy. Okay. Whatever makes you happy, go do that. Whatever makes you happy. But uh, Anything? That, sounds, that sounds kind of dangerous to say. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> but uh, what, yeah, the things that make you happy, you should go and do those things. Okay. 
Now, obviously, you know, I, you said it sounds kind of dangerous. I said, what if uh, killing babies makes me happy? Right. That doesn't sound good. Like It doesn't sound good. That's an <laughs> understatement. Yeah. You might want to cons- reconsider that. Okay. So to some extent, you're describing like, how you grew up and your religious influences. Has that continued here? What was that again? Has Have those practices and continued here? Like, do you... There's, do you look for Hindu and Buddhist temples here? Do you seek astrologers? Do you, or is that kind of like a thing of your past? I, I think that was more of my past. Like now, I also I do wish that I had somebody to help, like to see about my future. Mm-hmm. Because you never, you don't know what's gonna happen, you know. But I mean, you can shape it however you want it as well. But it's also you can. That's what I would like to believe, right? Yeah. Has that been your experience that like you're shaping your future and you're not surprised by things and tragedies I, and I mean I am surprised by quite a few things, but it's it's always the way that you take it. I think after reading that book, um, the subtle art of not giving a giving an F, right? Mm-hmm. After reading that book, it just uh, helps me put things into perspective. Okay. Um, Boy, I can just keep keep rabbit trailing. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so you you kind of wish you could find someone like some kind of astrologer that could help guide you. Uh, do you do you miss? I miss. Okay, you're not attending or going to Hindu or Buddhist temples. No, is that something you miss? I don't miss it a lot because okay. I don't know. I'm very. I'm all about efficiency. Okay, and I just don't see how that. Helps me. Hasn't helped you. But the astrologer, yeah. if he can help you find the right job, the right connection, the right lady, that boy, this will be really helpful. Yes. Okay. That would be, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So to some extent, it's kind of fallen, fallen away, really. It's been a part of your, of your past. Do you feel like you're being secularized? Secularized. I don't know about that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Not exactly. Okay, so secularism is a is the worldview that, uh, con, you know, kind of atheism, materialism. Like, there's nothing outside of, you know, there's no spiritual reason for anything. It's just kind of Darwinism. Oh, you know, the idea we're just we're just we're just natural creatures in a natural world. There's no ultimate direction, meaning, purpose. Um, and therefore, what do we do with our lives? Well, then we just seek our good here. We don't try to connect to a a different level. You know, spiritual level, we just seek material goods. We get jobs, we save money, we get houses and kids. We it's all just material. Right. That's you know would be I think the implication, and some of that could include you know if you feel like you should be nice to people because mm-hmm. whatever, um, <clears throat> then. But that's a secularist push. You know, it can be pretty right. you know just the Western secular. We just are here to get stuff. That's what I mean. Like, do you feel like that's okay. happening to you? Your focus is shifting more and more to secularism and just the pursuit of earthly um, goods and successes. I actually had some thoughts like that where it was kind of existential thoughts where I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And it was uh, very eye-opening, I guess, because, yeah, like I watched this video about how we're on, uh, on on this rock where we're just going around the sun, around this big ball of fire and where are we going? Yeah. Like there's, what's the point of yeah. life? 
And then I told that to my friends, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't, don't think that far. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to come back down to earth and just think about how you want to live your life because it's gonna end. Death is inev- inevitable, and yeah, you gotta. I mean, you gotta live life to the fullest, and so that's how I think now. Where so they talked you out of that. You were kind of like reaching for what? existential meaning. And where I would say, yeah, yeah, okay, follow that. There's something there. Like they're like, no, 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 bro, you got to chill out. Just, just get a job, get a freaking PlayStation. Like that's uh, kind of like that. Yeah, they try to talk me down on that. But then I'm still, I still have those thoughts where it's like, what is the point of life? You know, mm. where I don't know what I'm supposed to do because people say find your purpose, but what is the purpose? You know, mm-hmm. you could do anything. And I guess. Now, now I've thought about more of what I want to do and how, where I want to go in life and how that's gonna happen. So I've I have some plans. Yeah. So you yeah. read you read a lot of, you're a pretty motivated guy. I think uh, you have goals. You pursue things. You talked about reading self help books. Yep. Um, tell me about that. Is that is self help because what's the goal there? Like to achieve success, or do you feel like you look at yourself and say, man, there's ways I want to be different in my character, like self-help materially or self-help character and human, you know, human development type thing. I think it's more about, uh, yeah, self-development because there, like when I realized, when I got to work, uh, at Kirkwood, I realized I didn't know anything. And I, I mean, I went to college for four years and then we went to high school for, I don't know how many years and then elementary. And we learned all of those things in class. But I don't remember any, a lot of it, or like right now. And when I, now when I went, when I got to work, I told people, like, I don't know what's, what's happening here. You yeah, know, yeah. like I, I need to learn all these things. Yeah. Why'd you pay? You get a refund from Co College? Exactly. Right. Jeez. <laughs> you should have went somewhere else where they beat you instead. <laughs> See, they were all nice to you and it didn't do you any good. Oh man. <laughs> You're not going to let that go. No. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, now when I think of it, I I always think of always learning more. Because so you talk about self development in terms of gaining skills and knowledge, and yes, not character development. Like man, I so what I mean by character development is you know looking at our uh, our virtues, our character, how we um, how well we love others, how well we are um, you know gentle and kind, and I would look at myself and say. I need to grow there. Like I'm not mm-hmm. wholly perfect, but I need growth. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by character development. Is okay. that something that you are, uh, you know, is that part of your grid? Do you think about that? Like, Yes, I do think about that. But I also think that those things could, like come kind of naturally to me. So, I mean, it's not for everybody that it comes naturally, right? But I also feel that I could improve on those things as well. What do you mean when you say they come naturally to you? When, like, when you think of something, uh, where, how do you explain this? It's kind of hard to explain, but um, it comes naturally because I feel that it's doing the right thing. Okay, so like loving people and being kind. And- yes, because being kind can go really far. Okay, like kindness is is you can be kind to anybody. You know, and it can always go really far. Like, how do you explain that? 
the more the kinder you are the sure i think i get what you're yeah. saying like if people would be that way it would yeah it would change you know if everybody's doing that in different ways it, like it changes becomes, the universe right? right like yeah um so if you think it comes naturally for you and maybe not for others mm-hmm. so is that because let me just ask this bluntly like are, okay. are you better than others or how does that why does it come naturally out of you and not others like it's just the way you were raised is it something in you that's just you know do you think they're good and bad people I think there is good in every 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 person, but they just has haven't had the right uh, path to go to. So I okay. think it was because I was raised that way that I I believe in certain things and the kindness comes naturally to me because my my parents always told me be nice to people and yeah I mean I I watch a lot of Gary V. Have you heard of Gary V? He's this influencer and business guy in New York who owns Vaynerchuk, the VaynerMedia advertising company. And he always says, kindness is the best thing that you could do for your business. Just be kind to people. Treat them how you would treat your investors. So what do you think? Why don't we go to like um, uh, Assyria or a really you know crime-ridden neighborhood in Chicago and just tell these guys to be kind? Like, Do you think nobody just told them that? Like. Right. That's what I, I also believe. I, I don't know if they, nobody told them Nobody that. told them. They forgot. <laughs> like, if we just drive through and just say, hey, guys, just be kind. And they're like, oh. That's it? <laughs> no, I, we, we hadn't thought of that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, I also, I really, I, I think about that a lot. When I see, like, just yesterday I was watching the news and some, some people were shooting at people and they had stolen a UPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't get the message. They didn't. They didn't get the message. They didn't I hear what Jesus so. or Buddha or this guy. <laughs> what, what was the guy's name? You said you listened to the Gary V. Gary V. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, let me ask you this. So you've been. Uh, so there's some insight into you know kind of your background and how you think through things. Uh, so you've obviously come into uh, contact with uh, Christians and what they say about the world. So you've right. been to Redeemer. You you met Joe Brinkman through at Co College. Uh, through the, he was there on you know serving with InterVarsity. Yep. Were you involved with that ministry at all? Did you make friends there? Or? I made some friends there, but okay. I just didn't know what what it was. When I when I heard, first heard of InterVarsity, it was yeah. like I thought it was a sports thing. Yeah, it kind of sounds that way, right? <laughs> yeah. It's bad branding. Yeah. So then uh, my friend uh, told me to come one time, and it reminded me of a lot about school, my high school where I was in boarding school because it was a Christian school. Yeah, and we would go to chapel and we would sing songs and I like boarding school was it Christian or Catholic? I mean, it depends what you mean. But was it a Catholic school? Uh, you have like nuns and priests and no, 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 Mary, no nuns and priests. Mary and all that. Like, no, no, Mary. okay, yeah. so just Christian. Yep, just Christian school. Okay, and we would have chapel and they would sing songs and it just reminded me a lot of that. So sure. I, I joined Intervarsity and that's how I met Joe okay. and all that. Yep. Okay, so what do you? When you, what do you think? How would you summarize what Christians are saying about reality? Like, what would I, if you could guess what I think is real? Mm-hmm. What's the Christian message? Have you heard it? The Christian message. Yeah. What do my if I get up and preach, or if I'm gonna say, hey, here's what I believe about reality. What is that? And I'm just testing to what you've heard while being at a Christian school and being around, mm-hmm. you know, university and being around other Christians. Like, what are you hearing? Is the is the main message? Jesus is the savior. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's yep. that's a pretty good summary. Yep. Uh huh. Good. And I've also heard that he's gonna come again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's a great summary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and that's what they taught at this boarding school? Uh, they didn't really teach that because okay. they weren't forcing it onto us, but we had to take a religious education class. But when you went to chapel, like, what were they doing? There's No one would get up and teach? They were just be, singing? There would be a teaching, Okay, yes. but there's not like a class where you're saying they're teaching you these things. But at no. chapel, they'd be teaching that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so what do you... What's been your response to that? You're just like, yeah, that's nice. I, you guys believe that. Yeah. No big deal. I mean, it's great. I mean, people people want to believe what they want to believe, right? Do you so when you say it's great, believe? would you say it's good for people to believe things that aren't true? That is not good. Okay. Like, so if we, so there's the question then. If someone right. says, hey, Jesus is the Savior, and he's coming back to judge the living and the dead, uh, right. you say, yeah, that's great. Yeah. But what if it's a lie? Is it great to believe that? What I if mean, it's not true? If it's not true, then I don't know. If I kind of feel bad for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. That's what Paul. So Paul says, if 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 Jesus isn't raised, uh-huh. if Jesus didn't actually die for sins and was raised from the dead, he says we Christians are above to be pitied above all because yeah. you believe in a lie. Yeah. So that's that's true. Well, that's interesting because your initial reaction was, that's great. Right. But... It's great if it's true. It's great if it's true, but we don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. Right? So if it's neutral, I say, that's great. Okay. Because it's it's being kind again, right? I mean, you're not disrespecting them because uh, they believe in something that's not true or false. Right. So there's always hope. To some extent, you're saying, hey, just going to respect people's beliefs. And what are you going to do? Go to yes. war about it? Exactly. What's the point? There is no <clears throat> point in going to war about it. Like, there's no point in having an argument. Like, again, back to efficiency. Does it does it make a, like, it's just going to waste my time, right? <laughs> sure. If those are the only alternatives, like right. war and argument, which sometimes they can be. But mm-hmm. I think another alternative is, right. is sharing perspectives. And what have you learned? And what do you see? And what do you think is true and, right. and people can influence each other right that's you know. that's the kind of converse, meaningful conversation i would like to have not yeah. where people are just arguing with each other and not listening to other like each other's like uh thoughts yeah. and beliefs so jesus is the savior um what is what is what do you think he's coming to what are people saying he's coming to save us from saving like if we need saved from what yeah that's a, <laughs> that's a good question I'm not sure what you need saving from. Okay. Because, I mean, just being alive is you got saved from being something else. Okay. You know, just being a person is is a good thing because it's 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 a very small chance that you become a person. That's what people say, but we don't know if that's exactly true. And yeah, I think that he's like when you say he's saving you, I'm not sure. What what he's saving you from? Okay, so the answer would be that he's saving us from our sin. Okay. So you familiar with the term sin and what that means? And yeah, wrongdoings. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Christian claim is that everybody has sinned. You know, it's not the only Christian. Christians aren't the only ones that believe that. Hindus teach the sin. Right. Muslims teach <clears throat> sin. You know, mm-hmm. I think most religions over the world have looked around and seen that. Uh, yeah, we should be kind, but not everybody's doing that. And right. So why? Why are there wrongdoings? You know, and so 
they're, we're going to be judged for that, right? So if I send in any way, then I'm going to be judged. And the most religions, I would say, teach that you need to either sin less or okay. make up for your sins by bringing offerings or doing some good things. Okay. Uh, there's some way you got to make up for that. Mm-hmm. And the Christian religion just says you can't you can't make up for it. Like God is too holy. He's so great that you never you never climb that mountain. It's like Mount Everest. You can't even climb yeah. Mount Everest. You're going to climb <laughs> you know to the heights of holiness. Um, so the good news is that God comes down the mountain. He comes uh-huh. down Everest, okay. meets us at base camp, and and forgives us, right? So either your basic worldview is, I need forgiven, or I don't. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I either say, oh, I'm generally a good person. I don't need forgiveness. I don't need mercy. Right. Or, yeah, I need mercy. I need forgiveness. That's my hope. And if so, then Jesus is the answer. Um, well, I think he's the answer whether you believe that or not. But existentially, you wouldn't feel that unless you felt some burden of sin or guilt. Right. And so when someone comes along and says, Jesus died for your sins, right? He mm-hmm. died. That's the, so very clearly, here's what the Christian message is, that you, you and I have sin, mm-hmm. and we can't reach the top of the mountain. Right. God sent Jesus down the mountain. And he becomes the substitute. He he's our sacrifice for us. That he pays the penalty for our sins. He forgives us because you can't just say, "Hey, no big deal. Sin's no big deal." Like it is a big deal. There is a right. puni- there is a punishment. There is a consequence that has to happen. And what we're saying is that God took the consequence for us. He mm-hmm. he bore the the price and penalty for our sins. Right. And then we're forgiven. Right. So there's the. Have you heard that before? Yes, I've heard that before. Okay. Yep. All right. So then just a repetition of some of the, the details there. Yes. So then the basic distinction, again, is either we believe that we need mercy mm-hmm. and because of our wrongdoings, or we don't. And I think that that's a pretty big divider in in human uh, uh, experience. Right. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're a person who needs mercy, or do you feel like you're a person who's doesn't need that is a pretty good shape i think yeah i would that it's always nice to have somebody to say sorry to when you're doing something wrong you know otherwise you don't have any closure so oh closure that's good right so i think you know when i think of god and like i believe there's something bigger out there okay that's that's there Okay. I don't know if it's if it's God or like that's what we call it. Sure. We just call it God. And I think when you don't have someone to forgive, it's there's no closure. So you can forgive God. Like you can you can say sorry to God and he will forgive you. So then it gives you a bit of closure. You know, yeah. it's not you're not saying it to the person and saying that they forgive you, but God is always there. Mm. Yeah. So what I what I, yeah, it sounds interesting. So in in relationships, if I if I sin against you, mm-hmm. and we don't reconcile, we don't have closure. I like what you're. That's a good term. Right. Like when when I sin against you or more or my wife, if I were wrongdoing, I'm unkind to you. I didn't consider your whatever. In some way, I wronged you. I violated some agreement that we right. had. Say I'm your roommate, and I didn't keep up. When we when we sin against one another, there builds like a chasm. 
Yes. You know, you can feel this distancing in your heart and your soul. Oh, yeah. You can be sitting right next to someone and you feel a million miles away, right? Yep. So how do we uh, seek progress and healing? It's to go to them, mm-hmm. acknowledge the wrongdoing, receive that forgiveness, yep. and, and move forward in a, in a new state of relationship. Yep. So I think the Christian claim is, yes, that's, that's the same relationship that exists between us and God. When, mm-hmm. Because of our sin, there's been a chasm, and we don't have, we're not living in closure. Right. Right? And so going to God um, and seeking that forgiveness brings that relationship back to, re- to reconciliation. Um, now, the, the unique claim there is that, the, again, you, um, let me share it this way. Um, if I... Uh, let's say I, I could just get mad at you for whatever reason. I say, you know what? And I, and I, I beat you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not that I could. You're a very tough guy, I'm sure. But <laughs> let's say I snuck up behind you. You weren't ready. And I beat you. And then I realize, <laughs> for whatever, wow, that was wrong. Right. Uh-huh. And I come to you and ask for forgiveness. Like, I mean it. Man, I, uh, what a lapse of human. I was just caught in anger and confusion and i was jealous and whatever and i i'm i feel horrible i don't want to be that way like i need your forgiveness now you may have the strength to forgive me right um, but if you did it would mean that you would not retaliate right so if you don't forgive me you say screw you i'm gonna find you i'm gonna sneak up on you i'm gonna beat you right yeah yeah yeah. but if you're give forgive me you keep that pain Right. Yep. You have to. That doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me is part of the the uniqueness to the, or you know, a central part of the Christian claim is that you the person who's offended, who has to forgive, who doesn't have to, but who chooses to forgive, has to carry that pain. Yes. It doesn't just go away. You still have bruises. Yep. You hurts when you get up, because I gave you a good one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and then to love me is to keep that pain yourself. Mm-hmm. And and let me not experience it, not have vengeance on me, you know, to right. love me and lay that. So we're just saying, yes. So the same thing with God then. When we offend him, when we sin against the universe, or I would say God, the personal God of the universe, that causes a pain. Yes. And so for him to forgive me, he has to bear that pain. Yes. Where and how? And we just say at the cross. This is where we see mm-hmm. the God of the universe bearing the pain Okay. How do I know you love me, God? Well, here I am bearing the pain, right? Yeah. I am not retaliating. I am yeah. not. I am letting you go. I am bearing the pain for you. Uh-huh. So there's the analogy there between, right, the the human relationships and how we understand forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then the the vertical. Um, so, so there's that. Um, right. Yeah. I don't know any questions or thoughts about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh-huh. Um, that's good. Well, listen, man, we're actually pushing up against an hour here. Um, you know, my my goal here is obviously we want to talk about what's real and talk about what's exciting on, uh, you know, in your life and different things and culture and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and get an opportunity to present things that I, what I, what I believe also. Um, you know, I think what I want to encourage people to know is that this this is what these conversations look like. We kick ideas around. We share what we know. Um, my goal is, uh, not to corner you into, you know, believing something, um, 
you're on your path. I can tell you what I think, and um, and if uh, it's time for if the stars align, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, then you know these things are out of my control and out of your control. But I certainly affirm that you're a very kind guy. Ah, I've enjoyed <laughs> getting to know you. You've been in our home to engage with our kids, and uh, yes, you are. You're a very kind person. You're very thoughtful, and. Um, now I do think obviously everyone has sin, and you know if I looked closely enough we could find that. But generally, oh, yeah. I found you very, very encouraging, very enjoyable to get to know. And well, there's other things I wanted to talk about, like um, uh, the the book Unbroken, and oh, yeah. you know what you're getting out of these self help books, and uh, maybe we'll do that another time and just just continue the conversation. So anything that you wanted to bring up that we that we didn't get to? No, I think this is fun. Like I've. I, I came here with an open mind, yeah, and I just wanted to know what this is going to be like. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really bring much, but uh, yeah, that's good. Well, we've sat and talked without microphones before, and we will again. Um, but all right, Redeemer. Hopefully, this has been uh, just enlightening to hear someone else's perspective, where they came from, what's shaped their thinking and their hopes, and. Uh, as always, feel free to reach out to me with ideas and topics that you'd love to see us cover, and I would love to do that. So for now, Uzir Tapa, Uzi, yeah. otherwise known as Lil Uzi. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know that Uzi, so you spell it O-O-Z-I on there. Yeah. Do you know what O-O-Z-Y is? Like the slime? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, <laughs> you got to be careful, man. You got to, you know, it's either gangster or just gross. I don't know, so which is it? Okay. You listen to the music and and you'll know. So thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Donovan. Yep. See ya. Bye.